multiply. One person celebrates it. Yes, all right. We don't maintain, we multiply. Now, uh, this, there you go, thank you, that's better. Uh, <laughs> this may be the most capitalistic message you'll ever hear me even talk about. Uh, but hey, amen for that. We don't maintain, we multiply. It's about planting churches. Uh, we are in the, if you're new here, uh, we're in the middle of our vision series. Uh, basically, we walk through the vision of Conduit, we walk through the mission of Conduit, and we're walking through our ten codes of Conduit. Our codes are what we call our core values. We call them codes. Um, each week represents itself on a t-shirt. You can purchase one of these t-shirts in the back. Um, uh, we'd love for you to represent each code at whatever week you're drawn to. Wasn't last week amazing? It was so good. Um, one of the, I've, it was, it was so neat, not just uh, the worship aspect of it and what it represented as worship is more than a song, but to hear Carrie Byard's heart behind all of it, um, it brought such an understanding and a depth to who he is, not just as a person, but who we stand behind as a leader here at Conduit. Uh, this week with, we do not maintain, we multiply, there's a lot to unpack here. And so if you're, especially if you're newer to Conduit, Know that our number one code, the top of the list, and actually at the bottom of the list, both the one and the ten, is that Jesus is everything. And that the gospel changes it all. Now with that, if you're here today and you're like, wait a minute, like I'm all in on that. But today's message didn't seem like that. I want you to know that that flows into everything that we're talking about today. In fact, if Jesus is everything... And if you believe that the gospel changes it all, it will immediately overflow, naturally overflow to multiplying. And so today I want to talk about that a little bit in regards to conduit. What does it mean for us this morning as a body of believers? What does it mean for us to not just gather, not just worship, but to multiply? To do what Jesus uh, commanded or set us off to do in the Great Commission. What does it look like for us in 2018 in Jamestown, New York, and Chautauqua County. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. So when you see this phrase, I want you to always be thinking of these words, this correlation. We don't just maintain, we multiply. Multiply says onward. Multiply says go. Multiply says up the ante, move the needle forward. Open the door. Multiply says surrender. Multiply says trust in the outcome. Multiply says I'm going into battle and I ain't turning back. Are you with me? Multiply says receive so that you can give. Receive so that you can give. Multiply means that you welcome what comes. Multiply says link up. Multiply says get up. And lastly, multiply says lean in. You've been hearing that a lot lately. Lean in. And that's my challenge to you this morning. But when I say we don't maintain, we multiply, and that it's about church, planting churches, you need to understand that the premise of this whole message is this. And this is not a, a, a very popular fact, 
but it's an absolute fact that nobody in church culture or church growth or any type of uh, ministry leadership disagrees with this statement, but it's also because of what we've experienced as a church or what you've experienced as a follower of Jesus, it's not a very popular fact, but here's the fact. New churches are the best way to reach the unchurched, to reach the lost. New churches are the best way to reach the unchurched, period. Uh, not perfect churches, actually arguably messy churches that are full of God's grace, that are redeemed by his mercy, that are filled with his spirit. Those are the churches. Those are the, that's the, that's the actual way that God accomplishes the Great Commission. And as Kerry pointed out last week, a conduit is the vehicle by which this happens. A conduit is the way something that passes through is a conduit. It's a vehicle by which something is accomplished or passed through. Specifically for us, we don't maintain, we multiply. Now, if I had a nickel for every time I've been asked this week, um, I need to announce right off the, right in the front of this message, um, <laughs> the Eretz are not multiplying anymore, all right? <laughs> all right, amen to that. Uh, the ship has sailed far, far away. <laughs> I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> the Eretz are not praying. In fact, uh, this would be, Brian's not a big like, amen, brother, kind of thing kind of person, but she'd be standing, clapping, <laughs> amen, yes, preacher boy, you get him, uh, she, <laughs> she is, uh, be praying for her, if you don't know, my wife is on a missions trip right now, um, in Cambodia, uh, they are about 12 hours ahead of us, um, and so she's probably getting ready for bed right now, it's, um, she's had a long day of ministry there, um, she's going to be there for two weeks. Um, and just a quick side note, she, um, she's been planning this trip for a few years now. Um, something that's been near and dear to her heart is this organization called Rafa House. So Rafa House does, um, they, they have bases in, or, or headquarters in Cambodia and Thailand and in Haiti. And what they do is an incredible organization. I encourage you to look them up. Um, they help rescue um, women specifically. Uh, and a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, they're girls, not necessarily grown women, but they're girls that are rescued from sex trafficking. Gives them a safe house um, for them, but also tries to implement programs and careers in place to not just protect them temporarily, but for the long term. It's an incredible organization. It's based out of Missouri, um, and, and you should go check it out. But that's actually, and, and also too, my wife runs a salon named Rafa Salon. It's one of the reasons why she named it that was after that, just because she had such a heart for she wanted to take what was happening in her salon, both not just in um, finances, but in other areas, and apply it to this mission, apply it to what was happening around the world. That's where her heart is. And so she's been wanting to go. She's had the trip canceled a couple years in a row now. Um, but she's there now, and she's excited. And even though she's, yes, amen. I'm so excited for her. Because uh, for, for Brienne, um, she puts everybody else first. Always. And it's like when I talk to her on the phone, not only is she not surrounded by 30,000 children of her own, 
she, she's full of joy and light because she's doing something that God has put on her heart. And, the, and obviously, you know, this isn't a ploy to say, hey, you need to go to Cambodia to do that. But sometimes it does require you to go to a place like that to be reminded of what God has put on your heart in the first place. And so I'm just, I'm just really excited for her. So be praying for her. Uh, be praying for, for me. Um, I have uh, five children um, that, uh, I can just stop there. Um, and be praying for my kids because, because uh, when we first told our kids, is Dale, he's not still here. Uh, when we first told my kids that my that Bree was going for two weeks <laughs> to Cambodia, they were terrified. They're like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> so, pray for them. Pray for them. So the Eretz are not pregnant, but I, I will say, I will say. That if we don't, as a church, if we don't maintain and we multiply, there is this correlation with conduit is pregnant. And conduit should always be pregnant. Every church should always be with child, so to speak. Should always be birthing something out that they are giving to the world and expanding and multiplying. Don't go too far into the analogy in this, but... Let's rewind back, get your mind unraveled back down to a church should always be birthing itself, multiplying itself. That's the Great Commission. That's the point of this whole thing. We don't exist for this. This isn't the end game, by the way. This building is not the end game. It's not the point. We can't just maintain we have to multiply. And here's what I would argue, and we've actually even seen this in our own life, in our own city, and we've seen this up front with, with, with specifically in the kingdom of God in this area, is if we focus on just maintaining, we will die. If we just focus on maintenance, if we just focus on making this room, like batten down the hatches, like lock the doors, we got to protect what we have, we will die. What actually produces growth? is when we, with everything that we have, with everything that we are, we get to multiply. And when we do that, when we give it all, when we put it all on the table, all on the line, he multiplies not only the church and the kingdom and the city, but he multiplies us. He multiplies our life. So to zoom back in a little bit for the analogy of a church giving birth or a church planting churches, the church being pregnant. Um, there is a book um, that was written um, by Heidi Murkoff. I'm sure that you've heard of it. Um, it's called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Anybody heard of this book? Um, it's, they, said that, uh, they said that about 93% of, of women, uh, adult women, have read this book. Raise your hand if you've read this book. What to expect when you're expecting. I was expecting that to be more. That didn't happen. Um, anyways, she wrote a book, What to Expect When You're, when you're Expecting. Um, and there's this, this amazing, like, and I don't know, I'm assuming it was my first child, but I remember seeing this book and Brianne, like, kind of reading through, like, this is what to expect when you're expecting 
this is what's going to happen you know, over time, or your, this is what, how your body's going to change, and this is what the birth, like all these, these things that are happening, right? Because change is happening, like you're making a human, right? Like there's all these implications of what is happening. Now, um, on a more serious note, um, there's, there's actually this book that was written by a different lady, um, and it was actually a book on infertility. And it was, it was called What to Expect When You're Not Expecting. And I actually got angry when I read that. Uh, a side note from that, um, and many people uh, do struggle with that, or maybe people have gone through that or are currently going through that. Um, and there's this, there's this like sensitive aspect to this. And I know my parents are here um, from Baltimore, and, and they, they went through the same thing. Um, of for many many years and um, uh, and for them it, it, it's it's a very tough subject and I feel like man this lady didn't think it through when she named the book what to expect when you're not expecting because I feel like that's not true even though expecting is a good analogy a good analogy for being pregnant it's actually not true at all like if you're what to expect when you're expecting if you're if you're truly expecting you're expecting to have a child. It's not that they're not expecting. It's almost rude. I want to write this lady, even though it was like probably in the 80s. Like, it's really frustrating me because, like, this is a sensitive thing. A lot of people are, are going through a really hard time with that, that struggle. But it, I'll, I'll go with that for a moment. I'll go with that analogy. What to expect when you're not expecting, but not from the aspect of expecting is being pregnant. Expecting is expecting. I would say it this way. What do you get, or what do you expect when you're not expecting? What do you get when you're not expecting? Or what, sorry, so many play on words. Okay, what do you expect when you're not expecting? Nothing. And that's certainly not, as far as infertility goes, that's certainly not the case. They're expecting, they're doing the things, they're falling through the process, they're trying to figure out what's going on to find out, but they're, they're truly expecting. But what do you expect when you're not expecting? Nothing. When you don't shoot at something, you'll miss every time. It's this idea. And I think it's the same thing for a church. In fact, I'd argue that it's the exact same thing for the church. If we don't expect to multiply ourselves, if we don't expect to plant other churches, other conduits specifically, then what, like, we're not expecting God to do anything. Like, is the goal for conduit to just gather in this room for the next 30, 40 years and just enjoy a good old singing message and handshake and hug and go home? Is that the goal? It's not the goal. We gather to do that, and that is so important. We've walked through that with our code of doing life together and gospel community and that Jesus is everything. And we're walking through who, like, how he gave us his book that he wrote and his boss. And we're walking through all these different codes. That is important, but you need to know today that the church exists for who's not here right now. The church exists for the glory of God first and that we would be a conduit to the city. That you would be a conduit to everybody in your home. And that you would be a conduit to everybody you work with. 
That you'd be the vehicle, you'd be the, the passage that God uses to impact their life, to connect them with that Jesus is everything and that the gospel can change it all for them as it's done for you. That's what it looks like. That's what it is to be a conduit. And that's what it begins to look like when we don't just maintain, we multiply. What do you expect when you're not expecting? Nothing. Nothing. So, back to church. How does a church multiply? I want to invite you to turn into the most important reason why we're here. God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 4. We're going to be there. We're going to be in Matthew 28. And we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 9. But we'll start here in 1 Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3 says in verse 4, let me just set it up. This is uh, Paul. He's writing a letter to the church of Corinth, um, the church that's gathered in Corinth. Um, there's a lot of things happening here, specifically in this context. There's, there's a couple guys, a couple leaders that um, started these churches, excuse me, started the church of Corinth. Um, once Paul started it, Apollos is another uh, great early church leader who uh, essentially watered what was planted, um, grew what was planted. And there's this neat, like, almost, you first read it real fast, you're like, wait a minute, there, there's a division here. And I, I'd actually argue there's not necessarily a division. It's just he's calling out that, yes, there's two different people, and it's not about this person or that leader or this leader. It's not about who you say you follow. It's not who you align with in personality or whatever. There's something bigger and greater happening, and this is what he says, what Paul says in verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another person says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? He's, he's addressing the fact that, like, even in the church, you're still gravitating towards your flesh or how the human mind or logical mind would think. And he's actually calling us to something higher. He's calling us to something greater than just what our natural mind would think. Like, okay, I like this guy. Don't know if I like that guy so much. That guy's better. That guy's stronger. Like, that's not the point. He's saying, like, you're still thinking in a, in a, in a merely human perspective. What then is Apollos, he says in verse 5. What is Paul? Two different people, similar, somewhat, I guess, names. Completely different ministries. I won't take the time to go into that. He says, when, what then is Paulus? What is Paul? Servants through who you believed. God used these two guys to bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the gospel changed everything for them. Paul says, I planted... Verse 6, Apollos, he watered, but God gave the growth. But God gave the growth. Paul and Apollos didn't do jack nothing. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> this is why you should manuscript your sermons. 
My parents are here. I got to be careful. Uh, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Conduit, we don't maintain, we multiply. There's, that's got, like, literally at the end of the day, even though we're, like, wiping sweat from our brow and we're running the marathon of what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ and minister the gospel in the city, we got nothing to bring to the game. It's God that brings the growth. It's God that grows the people. It's God that woos the lost to the Father. It's God that brings and woos them by his mercy and his grace. It's his kindness that leads them to repentance. You want somebody to repent? They need to listen to the kindness of God and see all around them that God is being very patient and very kind. All we get to do, all we're in charge of is being a conduit of his message. Living it out, speaking it out, providing the way for us to do ministry, showing up, leaning in, gospel community, reading his word. Ultimately, which I'll get to in a second, I want to like totally blow my first point here of pray. But we got to pray too. Pray first, actually. Let me jump right into that. All right. So there's three things I want you to lean into today. There's three things I want you to lean into. Um, the Anchor Church, I recently read an article, and they were talking about these three words in a completely different context. But I love the three words, so I stole them. Um, here's the three words. Today I want you to lean into prayer, to participation, and to provision. Prayer, participation, provision. How are we going to multiply as a church? We first have to pray. We first have to recognize that this is something that's so supernatural. That this isn't something that you just show up and you grab a board and you grab a hammer and you grab a nail and you just hammer the, na the nail into the board and it's all good. And that's how we build the church. That's how we multiply. Yes, there is infrastructure to happen. There is things to be done. Believe me. I mean, we could talk after. There's lots of things to be done. But we have to recognize that even false religions have infrastructure, have programs, have buildings, have campaigns. But we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God that made the world in a week, the God that can do all things. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the darkness of this world. We have to seek the Lord on how to multiply. So what does this look like for us specifically today? This is super practical. Have you asked the Lord to use you at Conduit? If you ask the Lord in prayer, to use you at conduit. Because this is, this is the church you're at. That's the design of Jesus becoming everything. You live with Jesus. You love one another and you serve the world. And, and here we sit. Here you sit. You can't just sit. We have to seek his throne. God didn't just save you from something. He saved you to something. We are a missional church, with which is, is the basic understanding that we don't exist just for this room, just for us. We exist so that the city, so that our home and our churches and our cities will know this wholeness and redemption that we seek through Jesus and Jesus alone. So if you ask the Lord how he would like to use you here at Conduit, 
Prayer. Have you been praying for conduit? If you have, thank you. Thank you. Um, it's been an incredibly uh, difficult season. It's been an incredibly trying season for this church. And it's actually also been in that, the midst of the grind of all that God has done and is allowed here, he's actually producing growth. He's actually producing some amazing things and bringing the most incredible team and people together to do something. We're not just gathering a great team. We're not just gathering a great beautiful people in these awesome pews and these beautiful kids downstairs just so that we could say, look at our church. As Pastor Cameron said at the beginning, Easter, two services, both services have kind of kids. This isn't about ego or say, oh yeah, we have two services. Look at all the people that come to conduit. No, this is to say we got like more of an army to do more in this city because of what's happening in our home and because of what's happening here. And it overflows to the city. God help us in this. So if you've been praying into that, thank you. Thank you. Have you been praying for one another? Like actually praying for one another. Putting your hand on their shoulder and praying for them, asking, how can I pray for you? Or maybe when you're not even around them, they come to your mind, you're driving in the car, don't close your eyes while you drive, but pray for that person. Pray for me, pray for Pastor Cameron, pray for Katie Castro, pray for Carrie Byard, pray for our leadership team. Goodness gracious, it's like the dream team. Have you seen these guys? They're amazing, but I, they're new at this, just like we're new at this. Pray for them, pray for them. Pray for those conduit kids workers who tirelessly show up and they serve and they love our kids and they teach them the word of God and they give them snacks. They give them snacks for goodness sakes. Pray for everybody that has everything to do with the ministry that's happening here. Pray for conduit. But more importantly, past conduit, pray for this city. Ask God. God, Matt, just what do you want me to do for conduit? God, what would you have me to do in this city? What would you have for me to do in this county? The last census that I could come up with was 2010. And it said that there was approximately 30,000 people in change um, in Jamestown, New York. 30,000 people. What's that? Yes. And there are approximately 130,000 in Chautauqua County. If I hear someone again tell me that there's too many churches in Chautauqua County, I might get physical. <laughs> Count them up. Go, go get the phone book. Count them up. Maybe the average church size, what, 50? More? I don't know. Add, do the math. We don't maintain, we multiply. You can do math too. Like you can add things up. We can multiply and add. Just don't divide or subtract, right? But like you, I want you to get the, the math here. One county. This isn't 
like five, six miles that way into another state, Pennsylvania. I'm talking just county, 130,000 people. Let's say at best, let's say at best, 30,000 go to church, hear the gospel on a regular basis. That's a crazy, like that's way, I think that's probably way too high. But let's just say at 30,000. That leaves 100,000 people that are not connected to a church, who are not being reached for the gospel. Yes, they're hearing it. And I'm sure so many thousands of people don't go to church but love Jesus. I'm not, I'm not correlating the two. But, but today, because of the context that we don't maintain, we multiply. And the best way to reach the lost is God's plan A, the church. I am talking about that. They need to be in church. We need more churches. In Chautauqua County. Do you want to reach 100,000 people? Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I'm pretty sure that would be the largest church ever. But we can dream, right? This is vision series, right? 100,000 people. One hundred thousand people in this county that could be headed into a Christless eternity. The moment that we maintain, we say to them, I don't care. The moment we focus on maintaining, we're saying to them, we don't believe in hell. The moment we try to maintain and just keep up with what we got and just we're content with where we're at, we neglect the very thing that God's called us to. Let's begin to pray. So I know many of us are like, we're doers, like action, like let's, let's make an impact. Forget intentions. Let's go after impact. Let's do this. We have to pray. God, what would you have for conduit to do for those 100,000 people? Pray. Second, participate. Participate. You've heard me say participate. You've heard me say lean in. I'm going to say it again. When you're not here, not only do we miss you, but others miss you. This isn't about like, okay, come and, and I want to make sure that, that I get noticed and that one or two people uh, notice where I'm at. How about, how about the people that were maybe here for the first time or maybe they're hurting? What if you showed up? What if you showed up early to love them, to hug them, to help them with their kids, get them coffee, sit with them, find out about their week? Participate. Fill up open house. Tell people about Easter. Show up Saturday night, Conduit North, 5 o'clock. Don't all show up at the same time. It's not a huge room, but <laughs> show up and serve and eat. Break bread with these amazing kids. It's such a beautiful picture when we decided to plant a church, uh, September 2016, correct, Pastor Cameron? God put some things in line for us to be able to participate in the kingdom of God and what he's wanting to do in Conduit. Um, 
We had a heart, and we still do have this huge heart for Conduit North. Um, and thank God, honestly, thank God that he sent us, Pastor Cameron, um, for, for a hundred different reasons. But not just Conduit North, but for 120 Delaware. Amen. Um, but God birthed a vision inside of him for that region, for that city. And there's some amazingly organic, beautiful, gospel-centered things happening at Conduit North. But you need to know that that's addition, not multiplication. We want to see that happen 78 million times, so to speak. We want to see participation. We want you to get a taste of what it looks like to see these kids that probably hadn't ate since they got lunch on Friday at school, if they got to school, flood the room and get loved on, get cared for, and are just now, months and months and months in, it's starting to warm up to the love of the gospel as conduit is being a conduit for the source, Jesus, the source of hope, redeemer, king. Participate. Lastly, P, final P is provide. Just provide. It, it, there's, there's, uh, if this is your first time today, uh, know that this is probably the first, I've been here since nine months into Conduit beginning. <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked about giving or money. In fact, we don't, on purpose, we don't make a big ploy. We make more of a, uh, a, a ploy in our vision because we, we believe people give to vision. We believe people give to the mission of what's happening rather than just saying, hey, we need your money. Um, because we don't need your money. We do, we do need your money. We, <laughs> we, we don't need your money. We need your money. This is not give to the, like, okay, I give it, I'm done, I'm good. No, no, you're investing in a cause that you are very much a major stakeholder in the cause, in the mission. If you've begun to follow Jesus, if you've been saved, if you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if you've asked Christ to save you, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, your first and foremost thing should be this heart and desire to not just give of your time, not just give of your heart, not just give of everything that you, uh, ideas and, and, and like everything that you can think of is to give also of your financial resources. Newsflash. The church <laughs> is an organization that requires resource. And our desire is to make vision so clear that people get behind vision. But you need to know that that is a major part of what we do here. Um, and so I would challenge you. I would just simply challenge you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. You can turn there if you want. I think it's going to be on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. says, The point is this. This is how to be a cheerful giver. This, this is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. This is not compulsion. We don't want it. We don't desire it. This is what we do desire, though. 
This is what we do desire, that God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all, at all times, you may abound in every good work. It's not just your work. It's not just your heart. It's what is ultimately given. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous, in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. God loving a cheerful giver. The idea, the actual Greek meaning behind a cheerful giver, the, the, the English correlation is that it's a hilarious giver. A cheerful giver is a hilarious giver. Now if that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you're like, wait, how is that the same correlation? It's this idea, um, how many of you saw um, when Cameron and I almost died this week uh, by a bird attack? On, I don't know if you saw that. If not, I can, I can bring you up to speed later. There were two birds in the building, and we found out Cameron is afraid of something. It's his kryptonite, his feathered friends. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but there, people can say, I love the video because like, I love that you just like, die laughing the whole time. There's something about when, so, when something is hilarious, you're laughing in a way. You're like throwing your body around. You're making noises. You're like, is he okay? Like, it's this idea that you have no control or even idea of what is happening to you. That this just noise <laughs> like overflows out of you called laughing, right? It's hilarious. Not just like a, <laughs> but like a, ah, it's so funny. Like, that is ridiculous. It's hilarious. That's the idea of a cheerful giver. That you're so cheerful. That you're so filled with joy. That you're so excited about the opportunity that you're not thinking about. You're not like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to make it. But what you do, what you do is you give in a way that it's just a part of who you are. Oh, man, so good. So good. Here you go. No, there's this idea. There's this idea that when you're a hilarious giver, when you participate in that, there's this idea that you have not even know, you don't even know what's happening. It's just overflowing. That's a cheerful giver. Because here's the thing: when you're focused on each little dime of how much you're giving, God's saying, "I don't I like that's great, but like I don't like that. I like a cheerful giver. Like, yeah, know what you're giving. I'm not saying like." Just open up your wallet and shake it, and whatever comes out, comes out. I'm not saying that either. But he loves the heart of a cheerful, hilarious giver. Pray, participate, provide. That's how we multiply. Last thing, go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Hey, did you know that uh, conduit... Is going to plant some churches? Did you know that? Okay. Just decided to throw that out there. Um, and by the way, I know there's been a lot of special announcements the last few months, but uh, we, there's no big announcement at the end of this that we're, we've picked a place that we know where we're going to plant uh, a church next. Today's just about the idea of it and the heart of it, but Conduit hopefully will always be expecting. Because if we don't expect... Or 
If you, we expect, when we're not expecting, we're not going to get anything. We're not expecting, we're not leaning into the faith like, God, what would you have us to do? So just so you know, that's our heart. It's our code. It's who we are. We don't maintain our desires to multiply. And be praying specifically for us in that, that God would give us a vision of where we're supposed to plant next. We don't know if it's another part of the city. We don't know if it's a house church. We don't know if it's a, it's a more traditional uh, building that we're uh, seeking and that's going to be similar style of church like this. We don't know if it's going to be another uh, style of mission uh, like Conduit North. Um, we don't know if it's going to be Warren or Dunkirk or Mayville or Westfield. We don't know, honestly. But we're, I'm just being transparent. Um, we're praying into that. We're praying into that. And we, we do believe uh, strongly that's who we are. That's who we are. And so we have to lean in to that because we can't maintain. We have to multiply. That's, that's the Great Commission. We're at Matthew 28, verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to, ma- to, ma- to, the, mountain, excuse me, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped. But some doubted. Isn't that crazy? They were looking at Jesus. Resurrected. Some worshipped. Some were like, nah, I don't know. I'm still questioning. So, yeah, that's crazy. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, it's been given to me, to Jesus. Go. Go, 11 teenage boys, B-team, JV, like no formal training, spent three years with Jesus, and like he's saying, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Guys, this is crazy. So if you don't feel like we're like we're competent to do the work of Jesus to the world. Look at these guys. And they did it. Because they waited on the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that is inside of us. And we need to follow Jesus. We believe in faith. And we're expecting God to fill us. We're expecting His Spirit to fill us and redeem us. Then that will become a conduit. Our bodies, our lives, our souls will become a conduit to everyone around us. And he'll use that at your workplace. He'll use that in your living room. And he'll use that in this city. He'll use that in this county. He will. He's promised it. And he did it with these 11. 11. B team. Junior varsity guys. And if he does it with them, he can do it with us. That's the point. That's what it looks like to multiply. So what does it look like today? Because obviously even the early, even these disciples, for them to go, for them to multiply, they had to go. They had to go. They had to teach. 
They had to preach. They had to observe all that. They were, were making disciples by saying, look at all we experienced with Jesus. We want you to live with Jesus. We want you to, to love one another. We want you to serve the world. How did they live out the vision of bringing wholeness and redemption to their homes, churches, and communities and, and cities? How did this happen? How did this overflow with them? How were they a conduit? Exactly what Jesus told them to do. Go, teach, baptize. Go, baptize, teach. Teach, baptize, go. Like, it doesn't matter. We're not trying to be, like, he, notice that even Jesus didn't have, like, three Ps. He didn't have, like, three beautiful things and a poem to go with it. He just is like, dudes, go. Go. Like, I know you don't have your degree. I know you don't have this. I know you, like, you don't have a lot of experience. I know you're not even old enough to, never mind. You guys are still young. But I know you're at this point where you have to go. You have to teach. You have to baptize. So what's this look like for Conduit 2018? It looks like this. First of all, <laughs> Conduit, it's not about buildings. Follow me here because I'm going somewhere. It's not about buildings. It's not about numbers. It's not about money. It's not about buildings. Whew. It's not about Numbers, and it's not about money. Listen. You ever heard of Uber? A few companies I want you to hear. Uber, the world's largest taxi company is Uber. But they own no vehicles. Think about it. Uber is the world's largest taxi company, but owns no vehicles. Airbnb. Can I give it up for Airbnb? No, don't really, but like Airbnb. The largest accommodation provider, but they own no real estate. Come on, people. 2018 innovation. This is beautiful. Keep going. All right, all right, all right. Uber, Airbnb. Check this out. Facebook. The most popular media provider creates no content. The most popular media provider creates no content. Instagram, this one. You ready for this? Instagram, the most valuable photo company, sells no cameras. Roy thought that would get a little more of a reaction. <laughs> Sorry, waving my hanky. Uh, Instagram, most valuable photo company, sells no cameras. This is it. This is the final finale here. Netflix, the fastest growing television network, lays no cables. Yes, see, there you go. Now you're with me. All right, cool. So here we go. Here we go. Conduit, it's not about buildings. It's not about Numbers, it's not about money. We have to be innovative. Some of you are scared to death. You're like, oh, shoot, they're going to plant a church next week. And now we're like to give double, and we're going to have to all do this crazy stuff with that. Serve double. We have to, ah, I don't know what to do. Calm down. Let's be innovative. Let's be innovative. We want you to be a part of a house church. We want you to be a part of open house where you're experiencing church. That's what planting churches looks like as well. Like, we can be like these companies, but in a completely different, innovative, spirit-filled way. We want you to be 
a part of the ministry happening downstairs. Because guess what? Those kids are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. Listen, Conduit North, guys, this gives us an amazing opportunity to serve and be on mission in a practical, tangible way through food and love and the gospel causing us to be a conduit every Saturday night at 5 o'clock. Guys, we, a few weeks ago, Katie Castro, our director of mission, announced um, us going on a pioneer trip. And then you guys, hopefully later in the fall, 25 of you were hoping to go to Honduras on a missions trip. And our desire, there's so much more I could say about that, but our desire in that is that we would multiply ourselves not just in our homes, churches, and cities. There's some cities in Honduras. And our heart is church planting there. Does that mean we're going to plant a church there? I don't know. We're praying into that. But I don't know, maybe at this point, probably not. But what if we came alongside of some other church plants or church planters in their native place and they did some amazing work by us being a conduit to provide for them, to pray for them, and to participate with them? I don't know what the Lord's going to do. We're open to that and I'm being transparent to that. But you need to know that it's not just about these buildings or numbers or money. There's more innovative ways in 2018 to reach this city, to reach this world. Listen, <laughs> it's not about buildings, it's not about numbers, it's not about money. But you also need to know that it is about buildings. Let's, let's be capitalistic for a moment. What, what has God done in your life, in your soul, in your heart? with this brick and mortar building. My prayer is that it's become an environment for you to experience God. Is this the only place you can experience God? Absolutely not. But what, just for a moment, let's go, let's go there for a second. What has this building done for your child or yourself or your heart or your marriage or your, or, or your, own, your own life? What has this parking lot done for the city? It is about buildings and we want more buildings. It is about buildings, and it's also about numbers. Man, you got a conduit. There church, it's all about the numbers. Yes, we stink and are, because numbers are souls. And there's 100,000 of them that don't have hope for the future because they don't have Jesus. You have Jesus. Let's be a conduit to them. We're not doing the work. We're planting, we're watering, but he's the one that grows. It is about numbers because numbers represents souls. And ultimately, it is about, it is about money. Because Jesus actually talks about this. Where's your treasure is where your heart is. And maybe for you today, it's like, man, I don't give a dime to the mission of conduit. I want to just point out that you may not, but there's others around you that give like lots of dimes for the mission and vision. And this may be on a practical note, like this is maybe a, a hand, everybody's hand in. If you're here and you trust the vision and you trust the mission and ultimately, way more importantly, you trust him to do the growth, it is about the money. It is about the money. That we would be a conduit even for that. That we would be a place that provides the building, the people, and the resources to minister to this city.
to minister to this county. So it is about those things. I, uh, I have, um, I have this feeling, and I was really hesitant to say it, but I'm going to say it. Um, I, I believe that, I believe that maybe the next church planter for maybe a future conduit church is in this room and doesn't know it yet. And maybe everybody in this room is like can just zone out for a second and I can talk to you. The Lord's like leading you that way. He's pricking your heart on that. Like that's that's more than a hand in. That's like everything in. And so may the Lord really just begin to work in your heart in that. We need that. We're looking for that. We're desiring that. And more importantly, we're praying into that. And that's between you and the Lord. I don't want you necessarily to run up here and say, that's me, it's me. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for you just to be obedient in what the Lord's asked you to do. Um, I, I also would say in closing that Church planters are not, uh, Cameron and I read an article this week that said, um, church planters are not rock stars, they're farmers. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Church planters are farmers. They're planters, they're failures, they're stressed, they're tired. The work is always going. You always feel four miles behind. You always look 20 miles behind. (laughs) Um, And I get this. I I, I get this. I have, um, let's see here. I have like 100, currently, I have like 150 plus hens at my house right now. And those little cute little fuzzy chicks I had a few weeks ago for some illustration now are like they're like in their adolescent stage and they're awkward looking and they're like hungry like very very similar but like um I get there's a lot of birds and horses and goats and children and dog and cat there's a lot of things happening so I get it but I'm not saying this because like oh look it's so fun to have I'm saying that, like, I get the idea of why this is hard. Like, do you want to scoop poo in your spare time? Do you want to, to, like, literally walk down and the chicks, these hundred new chicks are in my basement? Um, Animal chicks are in my basement. Uh, And I go down and I, I lift up the cover. I lift up the cover. And there's, like, 11... There was 11 of them that, that were dead. Yeah, it's horrible. And they got, some of them got pecked to death and trampled to death. That's literally, that's how they, they passed. Like, so we worked on that, all right? So that's like a farmer, one, like, I learned some things there. Um, 
but here's the thing. Here's what I know. Like, that stinks. That, like, it's bad. Like, it's, I, it breaks me to know that I failed at something. That, like, that, that's a small issue. But you're a church planner. And we're called to not just maintain and to multiply. And this is not, like, there's a lot, of, maybe a lot of weight on, on like, like for, as far as the staff or leadership. I, I'm putting that weight on us as a body, as a church, that may you be, may you be that farmer. May you have the understanding that there are things that have to happen. And, like, there's areas that you can give yourself to and participate in and pray into so that farming can be successful. So that there's no casualties. So that multiplication happens. I get this heart and I get this mindset, but my invitation to you is to not look at, look at us as if like that's our job. It's the church that plants other churches. It's the church that plants other churches. So may you have that understanding as we lean into the spirit through prayer and participation and provision, that he would do what he wants to do through conduit. That we would be a simple vehicle by which he wants to work through to multiply and to make disciples. Are you in? So me and Cameron are in. (laughs) All right. Are you in? All right, would you stand? Father, thank you for this morning. And even though, uh, man, it's so exciting to talk about future. It's so exciting to talk about where we've been. But today, in this present moment, maybe there's someone in this room that needs to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're wooing me. You're pulling me in. Would you give them the guts to know that it may not be pretty? It may not be, it's certainly not glamorous. But it was so rewarding to see your kingdom come on this earth and to see you work and move and trust you. And that when we expect, when we expect something, not entitled, But when we expect you to move, that's faith. We trust you to use us. We trust you to move through us as a conduit. And God, may my prayer for this church, for this body be that we would get past the idea of just maintaining, of just status quo. And that may we move on to the idea of multiplying. May we multiply. May we go. May we say onward. The speed, that's not up to us. You do the growing. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for making a way for us to be forgiven and for those that don't even know it yet, to be forgiven of their sins and wiped clean. Cannot wait to meet you. Cannot wait to see you. But we want to experience you even more now. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you'd move in the hearts of your people. That you'd move and you'd woo souls, even in this room, God. That your Holy Spirit would be alive, not just in us individually, 
but alive as a church body, a conduit, as we maintain, yes, but even more important, as we multiply. In the name of Jesus.